0: Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with family physician, author, wellness and productivity coach, Dr. Tommy Mitchell. As a board certified family physician and wellness and productivity coach, she has over ten years of experience providing client-focused, community-based care. As a parent, wife, and entrepreneur, she understands the challenges of balancing family and work demands and has seen firsthand how many life problems are rooted in mental wellness and mindset. With a passion for mental health. She strives to eliminate stigmas associated with mental health and stress using family medicine principles to guide her holistic wellness practice. Her coaching practice focuses on motivating individuals to make positive health choices, increase productivity without burning out, and overcome stress, anxiety, low self-esteem, and depression. She's got a great mix. Enjoy this interview. Good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. How are you today? I'm fabulous. (laughs) Excellent. Nice to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you, Joe. Where are you coming out of? Calgary, Alberta. So oh, wonderful. West side. West of Canada.
0: I love the way the Canadians roll. I just do. They're,
1: really? What part of it? What part I love
0: socialized can- health care. I love the fact that artists get grants all the time to make albums. I do I have a jazz radio show. Yes. So I think that the government like puts their money where their mouth is. When you take care of your people with the arts and medicine, it's a big deal.
1: It is a big deal. And, you know, I'm, I'm, thank you for saying that because sometimes people who are here don't appreciate what they have. Yeah. Because they, I've lived in the U.S., I've lived in other countries, and, um, it's par- yes, there's weaknesses, definitely. Yeah. But it's a whole lot better than what's down south. Yes. Know? It certainly is. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think
0: it's not that it's a utopia. Nothing is, but I think the idea is that, when you do say, you know, we value the fact that everybody should be able to have equal health care and that yes. we're going to take care of artists because arts are very important. I, I, it's just good. And, you know, I remember about a year ago when there was a mass shooting in America, the Canadians, Trudeau was the one that passed legislation to restrict guns that we should have restricted decades ago. <laughs>
1: Yes, I, yes, that's very true. And every time I hear about a mass shooting in the US, my heart sinks. I'm like, when are we going to stop putting dollars before people's lives?
0: Oh, that's the, that's the question for humanity. It's just, it gets to the point where it's exhausting when you get old enough in your life and you've seen decades and decades of it and it never stops. It's like you would think that, which is going to be my first question to you about COVID. You would have thought after that time period, we would have had some level of intuition as humans to say, all right, let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's value each other as humans and get over all of this petty capitalism. But it just won't stop.
1: 100%. I thought COVID would have been the perfect opportunity to make global transformation a reality. Yeah. And I wish we had at that point dynamic leaders who could have capitalized on this and seen the good for the whole of humanity and made some changes, significant changes. And sadly, the big countries of the world, I didn't hear it. I didn't see I didn't see it. Like I I was like my jaw dropped. Well, wasn't really surprised. But still, like yeah. the world shut down because of this zombie virus, right? Yeah. You know, before it came out, I'm like, I called it the zombie apocalypse. It's going (laughs) to throw a wrench in this world, but I was ready. Like I had, I was, I was so ready. But, um, we should have gone back to the basics, humanity, health, wellness, lifestyle, um, being proactive, like basic things would have made a huge difference. And we could have mobilized that we could have really had amazing leaders who would Just be passionate about it and just think short, not just short term, long term. But unfortunately, it was a wasted opportunity.
0: It's so interesting you say that. I haven't heard that being said like that. And I think about our history. If Obama would have been in office, the way he governed so effectively, his (laughs) intellect and the way that he did things, he would have mobilized. I mean, look now, even when he's out of office the MLK day is a day of volunteering around the country yes. and it's yeah. marshaled by him and Michelle. So if those things are happening when he's not in the office and it's not like a pandemic imagine yeah, that's very, very good point.
1: Yes. You know, I'm glad we it. We're on the same side of the fence here. <laughs> I, didn't yes. know. I remember in 2008 when he was elected, I was living in Georgia and I watched like pins and needles, like, Oh my goodness. And then seeing him win and waking up the next morning, first words out of my mouth was, yes, I can.
0: Uh-huh. Like
1: I literally leaped out of my bed. And you're right. He was visionary and he still is. Yeah. You're, and you're right. We had a leader in power during the pandemic who grossly dropped the ball.
0: Yeah, if we could have had him in for a term or two, we could have eliminated this lunatic running the show for four years.
1: <laughs> yeah, too bad you don't have the system like we have in Canada where you can be prime minister or president for infinite years. There's no, like, two term here.
0: But the but the problem with that is... is If he gets this, home crazy. Yeah, if we would have had... 45 in there we would have been in a level of pain that is unimaginable you you do see he's trying to come back oh don't even (laughs) like that's going to be the test of humanity right now if we oh
1: yes i am praying to god that people will smart like how obvious can it be are you trying to decimate the world are you trying to like do you want mass extinction and it will be selective mass extinction yeah do you want that
0: yeah no, we got to rid the scourge for for good. We got to get it out because. Oh, it's-
1: I don't sugarcoat nothing. Those who know me, they know I don't. Sh- I'm not Willy Wonka like I don't sugarcoat. Crap.
0: Yeah, which so we-
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so we'll just we'll be hopeful here. But before we get in, we and we kind of touched on COVID. How did you survive it, and how has it changed you now that we've come out of it?
1: Great question, Joe. So I often say, in 2020, I found my perfect vision. Now I wear glasses or contacts, so I and I still do. OK, however, it opened my eyes. I'm pretty stubborn as far as I'm a high achiever, you know, driven. I'll push through just about anything. But after just before COVID was officially started, you know, near death experience for myself and my newborn. And then the spring George Floyd and then being in the midst of healthcare in this pandemic where it was very obvious that healthcare care professionals were dispensable and people were dispensable. That was the general attitude. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I I suspected that, but now you've really shown your cards. So I gave myself permission to find me I first had a I first had break um burnout. I took time off work because I was done. I'm like, this is crazy. But for the first time in my life, I spent two straight weeks at home with my kids and I never did that. Because I was back at work, quick, 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 quick. And yes, it was a challenge financially with some of my business because they had to close because of the pandemic. Yes, it was awful watching the pins and needles, like the death count, especially in LA and other um, states that got hit really hard in New York, you know, and just seeing, hearing stories and seeing people die. That was tragic. However, I was able to find the gift out of this horrible situation. That's what I encourage people to do. You got to be able to find the gift And the gift for me was finding my voice and deciding that I will use my privilege as a physician and somebody who's not shy and not shy in front of a camera, in front of a microphone to speak truth because I have been inside the healthcare box, right? I served that box for well over a decade, but it doesn't always serve you, right? And many people don't realize how dysfunctional it is. And even people that are leading because they don't have real life, On the ground's experience, they're often dropping the ball. So it helped me. Yes, it was painful the pandemic, certain parts, but it was such a blessing at the same time. So that's my perspective.
0: Yeah, no, and that's a good way of putting it. And and I've heard a lot of that about how just absolutely ravaged the inside of the whole medical industry is. Oh, yeah, alarming.
1: Yeah, it is. It's it's yeah, it was a disaster. It, it comes to
0: our initial theme of this conversation, which is if we could find a way to curb capitalism and put human emotions and our souls and all of those things first. Yes. That'd okay.
1: That would be know. great. Let's get some right-brained people here. Yes. Let's, let's focus on that right creative, empathetic. Absolutely. Loving, you know, humanitarian side.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that would be refreshing. So let's get to the essence of what you do these days on a daily basis. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day. One of the kids says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them?
1: Okay, well, I'm in the specialty of making people smile. When they come and see me, you know, they might be worried about something, anxious, like not sure, but I help give them hope and clear instructions which we bring out together so that they can go home and apply them in their lives. And I do this as a primary care doctor, so the family doctor that you would have gone as a kid to get your pediatric, your checkups and maybe a few needles and coughs and flus. And I also, which I think is more powerful, stronger, I'm able to use my voice in my coaching because I can be anywhere. Yeah. As a doctor, you have to work in your state or your province or wherever you are in the world. As a coach, I can be anywhere. So I'm able to use my medical experience with my coaching training, bring the two together and really speak the truth. And I'm not going to hide or um, pretend that, bad things happen and good things happen but i'm here to help you so that's what i would say i was talking to a three-year-old yeah a third grader i make people smile like and and even in my practice they come in whichever motion and they leave happy they leave with hope and i hear that countless time and that honestly makes me happy
0: yeah so what did you want to be in the third grade what was your dream to grow up and become
1: You know what? I was brainwashed at an early age to become a doctor. So that's the honest truth because my dad is a doctor and I was like, fine, I want to be a doctor. But then I actually (laughs) wanted to be a doctor as I grew up and I chose my own field of family practice. I wanted to do that, not be a surgeon, not be a quote unquote specialist. I wanted family practice because I knew I had to have a deep, a broad knowledge base and I chose to have a deep knowledge base people talk about jack of all trades and master of none I say I'm a jack of all trades and a master of some okay and mental health and wellness is one of those areas where I shine and our world needs mental um, health awareness mental fitness I like to use that term right? not just physical fitness that we're lacking mental fitness as well
0: Yeah. Well, it obviously has been groomed in you. It's been in your DNA to get into medicine, but take you back to where you were born and raised. And what were some of the other seeds that have, that have evolved into who you are today?
1: That is an amazing question, Joe. So I was born, but not raised in the country of Nigeria. That is in West Africa. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was born to, um, like middle class family and then we immigrated to the UK. Okay. Back then immigration was not. The world was not pro-immigration, but we moved. You know, at that time, my parents had three kids. And then when we moved to England, they had their fourth. And I saw them struggle, like, you know, take jobs far away from home. We lived in various neighborhoods. In some neighborhoods, they'd be gypsies down the street. I knew I didn't have much. Well, in retrospect, I know I didn't have, didn't have much, but we had each other. And then we moved to Canada, okay, and we moved. To, um, the East Coast in a little island province called Newfoundland. That's okay. called Newfies. And there, if you ever had a chance to go there, they're kind of like Bo- people from Boston, yeah. but Canadian, like from the way they talk and just interact with each other. So I moved and I, then I moved in the middle of the Canada where I, then I realized that, you know what? I'm a little different. I don't quite fit in. And through those experiences, I learned to find strength. You know, when you have a kid that gets picked on, you got a couple choices. You can sit there and shrivel. You can be mean like them, or you can be a better person and be kind. And I chose kindness. So that experience of having to choose chi- kindness, choosing to um, choose kindness, despite not always being on, well, despite not always getting the same um care that I give others I was like you know what I'm going to move forward and I'm going to share and I'm going to love and I'm going to um empower others to do better so really it's a journey like my life was not um straightforward and again I'm skipping lots of big details in my life because this is only a you know 30 minute conversation but it was through um I guess I was an underdog put it that way And I was able to triumph and continue to work on that journey of triumph. Right. And I'm empowered. I'm strengthened. And I know that I have a purpose because if I didn't, I think I would have been gone long ago. No, I think I would have been gone in 2020. I would have been gone. Sure. And before. So that's my answer, Joe.
0: So drawing strength is very important for us. Who's been a hero for you? That's helped you be strong throughout all these years.
1: You know what? It's not most people's typical answer I'm going to answer. I'm going to say my future children. And I say this because my childhood wasn't necessarily fuzzy. It really wasn't. Yeah. And I, like many little girls, had little dolls, like Barbie movies all over. I had my little... We were too poor to have Barbie, though someone did give me a Barbie later on. But I had an little dolls, and I would imagine and play the woman life I was going to have and these children that I was going to have. And that didn't happen till decades later, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to work hard so they can have a better future than I have. And that's what I did. I That was my answer, my future children. And now it's changed. I have children, and it's still them, but it's also myself. <laughs> Again, it might not be the answer you, you probably heard before because you know, when you've given a, a, you've had a life of sacrifice and you've sometimes got the short end of the stick, it is okay to be like, I want to live a certain life, a certain lifestyle, and it's okay. And yeah. it's nothing wrong with that. So my children were my biggest motivating factor, future children, my current children.
0: That's a great answer. Let me ask you this. If you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be?
1: Oh, I have two. Okay. I used to be three, but she died. Um, that was the queen. I was a Brit, so I didn't meet her in England. <sighs> anyway, yeah. Barack Obama, without a doubt. Yeah. Sure. And Oprah Winfrey. Those are the two. They they, were, they used to be three, but now there's two. I haven't found a third person, but Barack, Bam Bam, I call him Bam Bam. you hearing this. I love you. Michelle, you're the best. Uh, yeah, so... for life i don't the queen of talk show oprah
0: yeah of course yeah and that's like the top answer all the time it's barack michelle and and oprah always yes exactly
1: exactly
0: everybody wants to meet him so all of those those three that we've mentioned have a high level of motivation gas in their tank is spark what is that for you what gets you up in the morning gets you through a day and is the ultimate motivator for you
1: Great question because I have my my ultimate motivator is my dream. It's really important to have clarity in life on what you want to accomplish. And I have a big audacious dream and that gets me up at night. It gets me up in the morning. It makes me, you know, knock on the next door, you know, um, it makes me get on these podcasts, right? To talk, to share. And then my children again. Because I need them to live in a world that is better than the current. Because (laughs) you and I know, if we (laughs) look at the way things are now, or had been a few years ago, potentially could happen again, it was like hell in a handbasket. Our childhoods were pretty chill. We could go play outside, go throw a ball in someone's yard and not worry about getting shot, not worried about nothing. We'd go out and come home. Parents were like, oh no, you can't walk from school even though it's down the street. No. Our world has changed and it's ugly. And as a mama bear, I'm mama bear. So to my patients, I always say, I'm mama bear. You're my cup. I need you to help me help you. And they'll laugh from number like 90. And I'm like their great grandchild probably. But still, it's that future. Because I believe it's important to leave a legacy when we pass this earth to the next.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what's been one of the best client success stories you've been involved with?
1: Ooh, the best. That's a really st- okay. I would say I have two in my mind. Okay. Hmm. One of my best clients success stories was an individual who, like many other clients, was exhausted, frustrated, um, burnt out at work. But when we did the work, and this was over it's been over two years now, we, did, we dug deep, we found out that, yes, she had stressors at work, but they were truly underlying causes and things that were coming up from her childhood, right? And we were able to work through those painful issues and, you know, be able to help her stand back and look at herself as the little girl she was and tell her, ask herself, What would she tell that little girl and just seeing her grow and find courage and seeing her relationships improve with her spouse, with family. That honestly is the best. When I see that ripple effect, it's not just one individual, but then seeing how it impacted other people around them. Those are my best stories. Whether you're a business owner um musician, artist, lawyer, I don't really care. But just seeing that ripple effect, because honestly, if I wanted to just serve one-on-one, then I would stay in family medicine full-time, Which I, but I want to eventually, well, I do serve one too many, right? That's how you amplify your voice. That's how you amplify the message. Because like you said, a lot of the things that we're sharing and discussing in this conversation isn't readily spoken about, right, out there and it's yeah. really sad and i feel it's our duty to say something
0: yeah yeah so and do
1: something yeah
0: absolutely yeah yeah um let me ask you this if you had a dream tonight you run into the 20 year old version of yourself you and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you gained in your life what would you tell that young version of you
1: wow your question 20 <laughs> is very pivotal was very pivotal for me um if somebody shows you who they are believe them and run the hell away like you know what i mean like,
0: yes run fast twi-
1: definitely yes my twi- that was honestly you must be like a psychic because that wasn't my life.
0: <laughs> yeah that's great so let me ask you this be- besides your kids what are you the proudest of that you've done in your life more specifically professionally
1: Oh yeah. So I'm I have many proud accomplishments. Yes, becoming a physician, great, but also building a medical center at the age of twenty seven, you know, having this large multidisciplinary place and running it by myself and funding it by myself. Yeah. Um, the multiple businesses I've built off it, speaking opportunities. I've had some really impressive keynote events that I've been able to lead and yeah. I'm grateful and I'm grateful for the opportunities that continue to reveal themselves. And for the listeners, you might be thinking, well, you're a doctor. Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, I'm a doctor, but you also have to have, you also have to know what to look for. Cause sometimes your blessing that, that diamond could be in a pile of crap. You just have to know which pile of crap to look at.
0: Yeah, for sure. Right? Yes, yeah, no, that's totally true. If you could witness one event in human history with your own eyes, what would you love to have seen happen?
1: Oh, to actually go back in time and be at an event? Yeah. Well, actually, the first thing that came to mind was Martin Luther King Jr. And his I Have a Dream speech, where he said, I have a dream that one day... My four little children will be able to live in a country where they are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I would have loved to be there, but you know what? I can almost feel like I'm there when you listen to the recordings and the videos. Um, another point in history would have, would have been the election from when it was the choice between Hillary and the orange yeah. man. Yeah. Um That would be another point in history. If I could go back, if there was something that could change, but you know what? Everything happens for a reason, Yeah. but really it was Martin Luther King. That was with I have a dream. And as a result, I dream and not just dream. I make dreams become a reality. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So everyone out there has a perception of you. There's different pockets of people family, friends, clients, colleagues, they all have a perception, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are?
1: I am an amazing woman, a woman who is resilient, a woman who is creative, and a woman who's a force reckoned to be with. I am warm. People that know me would tell me, you know, Dr. Mitchell, she is a kind person. I'm also very honest and i wouldn't shy from the truth i don't do sugarcoating if i need to tell somebody the truth in love i will tell them even if i know that they may be offended but in order to be authentic to myself and not to carry grudges because so i don't got time for that i share so that's who i think i am and that's who i know i am and trust me it took all this did not happen overnight yeah in my early 20s i did not like cameras i did not like public speaking Like at all. And I didn't have the best opinion of myself growing up as a child. So it was a journey. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's evolution for sure. So if anyone out there wants to get involved with your practice, learn more about you, anything pertaining to your world, where can they go?
1: Holisticwellnessstrategies.com. That is my website. But if you Google my name, the website pops up pretty much first page. So Dr. Toby Mitchell, I am a family physician and I'm also a wellness and performance coach. Wonderful.
0: Dr. Mitchell, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for opening up. I love the energy. I can only imagine Thank what you're doing you. with the patients is causing. Oh, we have so much great Yes. yes <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. I appreciate it